friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stand, run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, give Pitches it, to... it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got 40, it. He's got it. 20, 10. He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. The doctor is now in. Thunderous Thursday, oh yes, getting ready for another football weekend. We got football tonight. We got three games tonight, two in the college side, one in the NFL side, and we'll look forward to that. And of course, Raiders and the Giants, we'll talk more about that Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. The revamped Raiders, is anything going to change? We will find out. We'll dig into all of that today. Paul Gutierrez will join us, who covers the Raiders via ESPN. We look forward to talking to Paul. Uh, always great to talk with him. He has been extremely busy, of course, writing for ESPN uh, about the Raiders coaching and GM change. So we'll get uh, thoughts from him a little bit later on this hour. Scott Spritzer will join us as well today, as he normally does on Thursdays. From a handicapping perspective, we'll start getting some winners for Saturday and Sunday, college football and the NFL. And uh, my man Scott Frost, Frosty. No, not that Scott Frost. Not the departed Nebraska coach. Of course. Scott Frost from our good friends over at Slice of Vegas. Slice. Slice of Vegas. So good. You want to go to Slice this weekend? Oh, that's right. You probably got to work again. I do. (laughs) You're the only guy that I know that works like around the clock. And you wonder why you're miserable. You wonder why you got bags underneath your eyes. You wonder why... Do you get a chance to bathe regularly? Okay, good. I'm just giving you a bad time. No wonder why you're carrying... I've never seen a guy carry a cooler around with him with monsters. Monsters. You you might as well. And, and you're wearing... I think I'm sponsored. Now. I was just going to say, are you sponsored by these guys? Breaking news. Let's go to our on-the-spot reporter, Numchuck, with a monster energy update. I like that's from yeah. from now on. That's what you're saying. What I you're don't saying? care. You like that? Yeah. No, they need to pay. They need to pay. I've paid them enough. Damn. So what's the deal, man? Um, th- this energy drink stuff. I've never been an energy drink guy. Does it work? Yes. Well, what does it do? It just keeps you like it. It wakes you up. It, does it have the same effect that Mountain Dew has on body parts? No. Are you familiar with what yes. I'm talking? How did, you see, you know that. Uh, yeah. Is, is there any truth to that? I haven't seen any medical studies, but you know, uh, no. Wait, you know, know what I thought you were going to go with that? I thought you, you, way you started that sentence. No, I, I've never seen any male genitalia. That's what I thought you were going to say. What? <laughs> What's the story? Tell our listeners what that is, because we've teased them now. Teaser, pleaser. What's the Mountain Dew story? It lowers the sperm rate. It does. That's what they say, that's right? What, that's what they say. Yeah, I've never seen it happen. Though. Shrunken nuts? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I heard that a long time ago. And I, I don't know if it's true or not. Where's our on the spot reporter for that? Where's he at? You love this show, don't you? Isn't that true, though? So, so what do we know about this? I heard that a long time ago. And when I first heard it, I stayed away from the dooster. Stayed away from the do. I stay away from the do just because it's kind of horrible. Really? You never yeah. liked it when you were younger? I never liked it. Yeah. It was just a, uh, you know. very. I know people that just drink that like you drink monsters. They drink Mountain Dew like that. They're crazy. Can you, can you look that up? Is that, I'm looking it up. Oh, are you real? No scientific proof exists that Mountain Dew or any soda, for that matter, affects the sperm count. So where'd that story come from then? Why, why is that some myth that's out there? Because it's people just, you know, it, it's probably got like somebody said it to somebody. But obviously just, a lot of people are saying it to a lot of people because if you Google that and it shows up just like that, obviously it's a thing. But you know what it does? What's that? Sitting in a hot tub. Sitting in a hot tub? Can kill sperm cells. Really? Yep. D- that Laptops it- placed directly on a man's lap. Really? Yep. I don't do that. I don't do that. Really don't do hot tubs too much. Tight underwear. I've heard that before. Tight underwear. Now, does that mean that everybody should sleep free balling? Are you looking for the song right now? No. I, I hope so. I hope so. You a free baller? No, I'm not. <laughs> Did, wasn't that a Kramer episode? That was a Kramer episode. I thought so too, right? He just, what'd he say? He's just like, I'm just letting it fly, Jerry. She's a good <laughs> What a way to start the show. You gotta like that. How we got here, I have no idea. Oh, monster drink. Yeah. That's right. So what does that do for it? Does that like pump up the sperm count? Is that what it does? I don't I don't care about the <laughs> sperm count. It, it, it keeps me awake. Keeps me active. Yeah, that's where it started. All right, yeah. You, you need vacation time. You need relief. You need to put your foot down. You know what? There you go. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Everybody knows the words of this song. Let's hear you sing it now. Here we go. I'm a bad boy. It's coming. It is coming. I was like, I, I was waiting for you to be like, I just could hit the post. Where's Timmy B when you need him? Right now. Everybody, what are you going to say? Harmony right there. Yeah, I'm free. Michelle. I'm free the bell. Alright. There you have it. Is this a sports or a health show? I, well, I, <laughs> all the above. I mean, don't they go hand in hand? Yeah. Hey, we do have injury reports, right? We do. We talk about injury reports all the time. That's, isn't that funny? Because I was thinking about that song that whole time. And then, boom. I knew you were. You're, you're right on it. All right. Uh, we are going to talk more about the Raiders today. And what a transition that is. I mean, they talk about that. You go from Mountain Dew to free balling to, to the Raiders. I don't know. Say no more, Squire. That'd be Money Python. I know it is. For, for these scoring at home. <laughs> Mark Davis, clean house. Uh, we hit on that hard yesterday with Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler out also 
out uh, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, all in their second year, gone. And now the attention goes to what is going to transpire next as the Raiders have a home game Sunday against the New York Giants. All right, we're going to dive into that today. And we're even going to handicap that game uh, today with Scott Spritzer as well, too. Antonio Pierce, interim head coach. He's got a lot in his plate, a lot in his hands. One of the first moves they made was benching Jimmy Garoppolo and elevating Aiden O'Connell, the rookie from Purdue, who got an emergency start against the Chargers. And now he is the starter going forward. Now, Antonio Pierce did come back and say that, hey, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo goes, he goes, we're going to need Jimmy G. We're still going to need him, and we're probably going to see Jimmy G at some point in time. So it's probably not going to be the full-blown Derek Carr situation from last year where the Raiders bench Carr to save money. Now, remember, that was a two-pronged story. One is they wanted to move forward away from Derek Carr because you had the new regime in there. And the new regime obviously wanted Jimmy Garoppolo because he thought he would fit in with the system. Hence, Brian Hoyer as well, too, because he was a backup at New England for all those years, even though he could not win any football games. So, again, the Patriot way had all this, and the Patriot way is now gone and extinct. Not only with firing McDaniels, Ziegler, and Lombardi all from New England, but now you are taking Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he was a 49er for the past few years. You've said, he's not our guy. If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, think about how he feels right now. Now, granted, he had a horrible game against the Detroit Lions. He got sacked six times. A lot of that is not on Garoppolo. Okay, Missing the open targets, that's on Garoppolo. All right, But uh, lack of a running game, not on Garoppolo. Offensive line not blocking is not on him either. And he is an experienced guy. Granted, he knows the system, knows the offense. Okay, we'll give him all that. But if you are going to have this kind of, you know, fresh start, fresh appeal, Jimmy Garoppolo still is the best quarterback you have on your roster. Shouldn't you stick with him? He is injured. I understand that. But if you're good enough to start, you should let him play. Now, granted, he's only started six of the eight games thus far, doesn't have a great quarterback rating, has more interceptions than anybody else. But now moving forward, you've basically said, we are going to go with a rookie quarterback against a pretty decent defense, not only coming up Sunday, but the rest of the way. You got the Jets the following week. Then you got Miami. Then you got the Chiefs. You got the Vikings, Chargers. You got some some tough defenses that you are going to be facing here. So... Are you basically saying, Jimmy G, we're going to let you go because we are going to do a Derek Carr? Is that what's happening here? Garoppolo was bad the last the last game. He was bad. There, there was no question about that. But do you have a better chance to win on your home turf against a pretty good and experienced defense with Jimmy Garoppolo or the fourth-round draft pick, the rookie? Who got an emergency start? I don't know. I really don't know. So 
maybe we will see Jimmy Garoppolo again. Maybe we see Jimmy Garoppolo this week. If Aiden O'Connell struggles, don't know. But they like what they see. But you got to be very, very careful when you start gauging people off of preseason only. Because, remember, preseason doesn't count for anything. You're not facing number one defenses. You're facing backups after backups after backups. And you saw O'Connell not play very well against the Chargers, which really don't have that great of a defense. So we will see how that all unfolds coming up on Sunday because O'Connell is the quarterback for this game. And more than likely, as was reported yesterday, throughout multiple outlets, that he is the quarterback moving forward. So, like I said, Antonio Pierce kind of backed off of that a little bit. This offense is dead last. It needs a jump start. And are you going to get a jump start from a rookie? We'll see. Six of their eight games have not gained more than 300 yards. Four of the last five, they haven't done that. They have not scored more than 21 points in any game this season. So, season on the brink. Mark Davis did come out and say yesterday, that listen, I had to make the move now because I didn't want to wait because even though chances are slim that we can make the playoffs, at least I want to give this group a shot. I want to give this coaching staff uh, a shot. I want to give these players a shot. And just having a new voice in that locker room, someone else calling the, the offensive plays and everything, let's at least give them a shot. So Mark Davis says, hey, I still want to win. He admitted that he has failed in his quest to win with the Raiders. He's done it with the Aces, back-to-back championships, but he has failed to do it as an owner with this team, which really sickens him. And he's very open about it. He's transparent about it. And he doesn't hide from people. And he openly admitted that yesterday, saying that I have failed as an owner of this football franchise. Harsh words, harsh critique for him to do that to himself. But yes, the ske- the season is on the brink. The schedule has been soft. They've only faced two teams with winning records. And now the schedule is going to get tougher with that slate coming up that I mentioned. But let's talk about what led to this and what were the exact factors on why Josh McDaniels was let go. And again, the reason why Dave Ziegler was let go because they were a package deal And Mark Davis wanted to just get away from the whole Patriot way. But the reasons why Josh McDaniels was let go was the lack of offense. Dead last in the league. Ranked number 32 for everything that I just said. Can't score more than 21 points. Can't gain more than 300 yards in most of your games. The lack of offense was alarming, especially when you hire a guy who is supposed to be an offensive guru. He wasn't an offensive guru when he took the head coaching job in Denver when he got his first shot years ago, but he was the benefactor of Tom Brady, benefactor of some great players in a great system led by Bill Belichick in New England. And I think now everybody realizes that, that Josh McDaniels is not going to get another opportunity as a head coach because he had two big-time failures. The lack of offense was number one. Number two, the bad losses. All right? The bad losses, let's go back to week three against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A horrendous loss. The Chicago Bears, 
If the Raiders beat the Bears going back a week ago from last Monday night, Josh McDaniels probably still has his job. Think about that. If they beat the Bears, you would think they probably would have a better performance the following week against the Lions, which we saw this past Monday night, right? So I think I said the Bears was a Monday night game. That wasn't. No, Bears was the Sunday before. Um, But the Lions was Monday night. All right? But the bad losses, you cannot get by. They were what they were. Pittsburgh, Chicago, Detroit. Even though Detroit is a team that's sitting at 6-2 and two right now, again, another team that hasn't beaten any world beaters, got blitzed the week before to Baltimore, and Detroit just rolled over the Raiders. But then you go back to last year, because that's also, I'm sure, in the mindset of Mark Davis. Remember, they blew five double-digit leads in the second half of games. You're up by at least 10 points five times in the second half, and you don't win any of those games. All right? So that had a lot to do with it, the bad losses. The play calling. The play calling has been abysmal for a guy that this was his main job when he's with New England. And just goes to show you that when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, who probably checked out a lot of those calls from Josh McDaniels, but the play calling was was really horrendous. But none worse than week three at Allegiant Stadium against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember where the Raiders trailing by eight points? We talked about this a lot after it happened. They were down eight with 225 remaining. Josh McDaniels decides to kick a field goal on fourth and four with the ball at the eight-yard line. And that was just insane, ridiculous, because like I said after the game, you're at the eight-yard line. You don't even have to get in the end zone. All you have to do is get to the three-yard line. Get to the three-and-a-half, three-yard line. Just get there, all right? And if you don't get there, then at least they're pinned back in their own territory. But McDaniels opts to kick a field goal. But the worst part of that was his explanation afterwards, if you remember the post-game press conference. Here's the quote. You try to make it a five-point game by kicking a field goal and win it with a touchdown if you get the ball back. Or you go for it right there and you convert. You get a touchdown, but then you have to make a two-point conversion to tie it. Well, yeah, you're down eight. That's what you do. And you're down there knocking on the door at the eight-yard line. You try to get in. With 2.25 to go, you don't get it to five and hope to get the ball back because you're not going to get the ball back in great field position, and then you have to get a touchdown on top of that. So that was horrendous. He was 0 for, what, 3 on fourth downs Monday night in Detroit? More bad play calling. We've just seen it too much, too much. So that was a reason why you had to move on. He did not show any adaption whatsoever. Not willing to adapt. You didn't really see him working with the players that were here. But he did have that loyalty loyalty to, to former Patriots. Hunter Renfro was a big thing. All right, Where was Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro had fantastic seasons his first two years when he was here. But then this year, gone by the wayside. Not even being targeted. Not even part of the offense. And every time that Josh McDaniels was addressed about that, 
He says, well, you know, there's a lot more to that. You know, it has a lot to do with personnel groupings and packages and that sort of thing. And we, we've seen Hunter Renfro get open, but he was literally ignored when he was on the field. And obviously Carr had a great rapport with Renfro, had a great rapport with Darren Waller, great rapport with Devonta Adams. Heck, remember, Devonta Adams came here because of Derek Carr. But you never saw Hunter Renfro as part of the offense at all. And Josh McDaniels was unwilling to adapt. Do you think we will see Hunter have a breakthrough game this week? I think Hunter and Devontae are just going to go off. You would think so. You would think so. But I, here's what I say, though. They're playing a pretty good defense in the Giants. Giants stink offensively. All right. And that was evident from the fiasco at the Meadowlands last week with, yeah. with the Jets at 13 and 10 overtime. I mean, it was, it was terrible on both sides, but they're both teams, but the Giants still defensively, they, they showed up. So they're going to show up here. For me, it's hard to say that anybody is going to have a big game because, you know, my question marks are, sure, Antonio Pierce is going to have this team fired up. They're going to be revved up, ready to go. I get that. But the first time a team gets punched in the mouth or a quarterback gets sacked for an 8- or 10-yard loss or the penalties start resurfacing, then that goes right out the window. It goes right out the window. And let's don't forget, just because this game is at home, doesn't mean you have a home field advantage because you're playing the New York Giants. Even the Giants are not great, but the Giants have just as big a fan base as these other teams that have come rolling in here. Just as big as the Pittsburgh Steelers, just as big as the Kansas City Chiefs, just as big as the San Francisco 49ers. So don't think that we're going to have the Raiders are going to have a home field advantage here again. Yeah, they're going to come out fired up. You know what they came out to practice with today? NWA. I love Stranded Compton. I heard it. They I came out. It, yeah. They came out. Did they, you see him after practice too? Didn't see after practice. So after sure. practice, Devonte and a bunch of players were playing pickup basketball. They added a basketball hoop into the locker room. Okay. The the, the O line was playing. Um, but the D line or what? Or, no, no. Or, the O line was playing basketball or not basketball video games with oh, okay. against each other, and yeah, they, yeah. they were as. Good, good, uh, guest Paul Gutierrez. Yeah. Says WWF style wrestling. <laughs> and I, I just, I chuckled at that. I was like, oh, now they're just having fun. And, they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of a Devante's sudden, okay. having a great time. All, there, all, there's video. All of a sudden of now the gates have been open for recess. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a coach will do that. He'll, he'll, he'll spark that. That really didn't seem much like, like Josh McDaniel style at all. But yeah. And he lost, he lost control of the locker room. I mean, we saw that, you know, firsthand. But again, all of those things led to a dismissal. But probably the big one for me is he was maintaining the Patriot way. And yeah, that got him fired. All right. Bringing in New England Patriot players, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, again, Offensive coordinator who came over with you. Chandler Jones, who was over there as well, too. You make some very questionable calls and then some very questionable contracts, which goes back to Dave Ziegler as well, too. Being married to that Patriot way and basically saying, goodbye, Derek Carr. You're not part of the Patriot way. 
we can get Jimmy Garoppolo coming off injury in San Francisco. He's going to be our guy. We'll jettison Derek Carr. And let's don't forget about Darren Waller as well, too. What would this offense look like if it was still Carr, still Waller, still with a Hunter Renfro that we've that we've seen, you know, prior to Patriot way time, right? Yeah. And Devontae Adams with a second year with Derek Carr. Not saying it'd be earth shattering, but be better than the results that we've seen right now with the offense that is ranked dead last in the National Football League. Will the Raiders put up twenty? Or twenty? What's what 21's is it? Twenty one's a magic number, right? Yeah. Can you get over twenty one? Can we get over twenty one? Look, we got to look that up. Look at what the team total is this week for the Raiders scoring the team total at the books. How much you want to bet? It's twenty one and a half. How much you want to bet? I mean, it's going to be like right around that number. I can guarantee you. But those were the reasons why Josh McDaniels was fired. The lack of offense, the bad losses, the play calling, not willing to adapt, losing the locker room, and sticking to the core to that Patriot way. All that is gone now. Because even though you still have two Patriots on this roster as your quarterbacks, they are now the second and the third string quarterbacks in Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. So I know a lot of people are fired up. Uh, fan base, it depends on which fans you talk to. Certain fan base is saying, let's just g- get till next year. Fans are still selling their tickets. But then there's other fans saying, well, we'll give this a shot because that soundbite obviously has gone viral with Antonio Pierce. People are going to buy into to his words. But again, for me, you still got a person now who is was the quarterback coach who's never called plays before. He's now your offensive corner. He has to call plays on a short turnaround of three days practice. He's got to do that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, you kept your defensive coordinator. That should stay, uh, stay intact. But a head coach now has the ultimate decision of making the tough calls, you know, on when to go for it on fourth down and when to punt. Uh, and then your new offensive coordinator who's never called plays before is going to have to make these tough play calls uh, on, on, on third and three and third and seven, third and eight. Okay. They haven't done it before against some pretty good defenses that are going to be lining up against you. Not great teams, especially the next two weeks. So you would expect probably some low scoring games, but yes, the, the team should be fired up. They'll be, they'll, they'll come out of that tunnel ready to go. But what happens in the course of the game? If some of the same stuff and your punter, keeps coming out there, and then the flags keep dropping, and then you're not moving the football. 37 and a half we'll is, is what I'm seeing. No, that's the, that's the total of the game. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the team total for the Raiders, how many they score. Oh. So, you know, yeah. 21 and a half might, might be high. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, again, they haven't scored more than 21 in any game. Paul Gutierrez is going to join us. We come back. We'll get his thoughts. He's been covering this uh, for ESPN. We'll talk to him. Scott Spritzer will join us next hour. We start handicapping, and we've got NFL football tonight. We've got a pretty interesting one with the Steelers taking on the Titans and a couple college football games as well. That and a whole lot more coming your way here on a thunderous Thursday.
Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't forget, tomorrow we will be at the Westgate Las Vegas, our Friday home, the world-famous Superbook. Come on by, see the show live. We've got plenty of handicapping coming your way, best bet segment, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Westgate Las Vegas, Jake Cornergate will be in the house with this Marco D'Angelo and Moa. Gotta love a little cameo. Can I get a little cameo? Do you know we got Earth, Wind, and Fire here this weekend? I know, Numbchuck, you're a Doja Cat guy. That's happening. I could care less about Doja Cat. EWF, baby. Besides looking at it. <laughs> See, our next guest, okay, he can relate with me, okay? We could talk a little old school music, but he's got, you know, a little more pressing things going on with all these Raiders stories that he's uh, that he's uh, diving into and has been for the past 40 hours or so. My man from ESPN, Paul Gutierrez. Paul, what's happening, brother? TC, what's going on? Thanks for the cameo uh, walk-up song. And I, I thought, really, you know, based on everything Antonio Pierce said yesterday, we'd have some uh, some NWA rolling in there. But I don't know if there's too many songs that would uh, not get you fined by the FCC. I was going to say, you know how so. hard that is to find that? <laughs> and we did yesterday. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because we actually did a little bit of that uh, yesterday when we were, we were talking about the rare. So we, we did find one edited version. So... We yeah, got, we got and that that's on. actually what they warmed up to today. They warmed up to straight out of Compton, an edited version, which I, I don't think I had ever heard before, but <laughs> props to Antonio Pierce for having it ready to go in his 64 uh, Impala that he rolls around in sometimes. So, yeah. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Hey, again, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a SoCal guy. It's a Compton guy. You know, Long Beach Poly. You know, back in the day, you know, even coached there. So I, I, I get it, man, and I love it. All right, man, we got a lot to hit on with you. But since, you know, we're, we're talking about Antonio Pierce here, uh, give me your thoughts. I know there there weren't very many choices that Mark Davis could really go to to keep it in-house here, interim style. But it seems like he selected the right guy to do this. So give me your take on that. And then, you know, your take from uh, talking and hearing from Antonio Pierce uh, for the last 24 hours. Yeah, I spoke with Mark Davis yesterday about it and asked him why, and then I wrote about it. It's on ESPN.com right now, about why he chose Antonio Pierce as his guy. And he said, number one, he just kind of looked at his bio, and he was intrigued by it. So he wanted to sit down with him, so they sat down for about 30 minutes, and he came away from that sit-down impressed with him. Um, he, he likes his energy. He likes uh, the fire and kind of the brimstone that he brings to the table. And as a former player, as Antonio said throughout his press conference yesterday, he's a player first, a coach second, He's going to look out for the player's uh, well-being first and, and go from there. Uh, the thing that really in, impressed me, I guess, or intrigued me the most about why Mark chose him was he said he doesn't necessarily want him to coach. He wants him to lead. Right. And the sense that you got from Antonio Pierce at the podium yesterday, that's what this guy is going to do. That's what he's always done. It is intriguing and impressive that, that he makes the jump from a position coach to, to being the interim head coach. But as Mark Davis told me, you know, once they get, they're in the role, yeah, they have the interim tags on them. They're coaching. They're being the GM. Speaking of Champ Kelly, and you just kind of go from there. There's a different energy. There's a different vibe. Today was the first day we were allowed in the locker room since the change happened. Devontae Adams and Amir Abdullah are playing pickup uh, hoop in the middle of the gym, uh, in the middle of the the locker room rather. Um, the offensive linemen are wrestling around like they're in the WWE, off in another corner. And guys don't seem like they're looking over their shoulder, afraid of what they say or won't say or be misconstrued. That's not a shot at the previous regime. It's just what it is, and that's the vibe that's in there right now. So what you're telling me, Paul, is is the gates got open for recess. That That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we walk, literally, and, and from the media's perspective, too, because when we walk on the field to watch 
stretch. Um, you know, there's certain things that are they're agreed upon in the CBA. Media can view the first 15 minutes of practice or so of just stretch, but then once they go into team periods, you have to leave. Right. Not today. Antonio Pierce let us watch the first period of practice, which, wow. again, so what in the big scheme of things? But, hey, it's a new day. We'll take it. And we were able to see the team do more than just stretch to the musical strains of NWA. There you go. All right, so this is kind of a little bit of deja vu, isn't it? Because we saw when Rich Bisaccia came in, who was a special teams, uh, you know, coordinator, uh, take over and instituted, uh, basically a, a, a fun atmosphere, but a serious work ethic. But also he brought that passion and that energy. And there was a, a lot of fans that wanted to see him. And I think some players as well, too, that wanted to see him get a shot. That what, that didn't happen. Did, yeah. are you feel, are you feeling a little bit of that uh, again here, you know, here in the last 24 hours or so? As you as you see Antonio Pierce and the vibe of the players, is it kind of reminiscent that what the Raiders unfortunately had to go through just less than two years ago? Yeah, it's different, but the same. I mean, when John Gruden left, there was more of a, a shock. There was more of a of right. a, a depression that set in because of the reason the reasoning as to why he had to go, and it happened literally overnight. This happened, you know, trick or treat. I mean, it depends upon your point of view, right? <laughs> Somebody got a trick pulled on them. Others got treats out of it. So. For this to happen on a Halloween night, this, you know, I asked Devontae Adams what, just kind of what the vibe is like now and what Champ and, and uh, Antonio bring to the table. And he said, basically, look, don't, don't get it twisted. It, it's not a celebration that somebody got fired and there's been a change. What it is is a realization that, hey, this season's not over. There's still talent on this team. And speaking as Devontae, that we, them, still have an opportunity to, to make some positive things happen going forward. So that's the, the mindset that Devontae is, is putting out. That's the mindset that, that the team wants to take going forward as well. So it's, it's similar to the, hey, this is a chance for an emotional bump. Uh, but it's also, it's, it's different because the circumstances are different. It, it, like you said, this feels like it's recess. And that's not to take a shot at anybody one way or the other, but it feels like a weight has been lifted because of how stringent everything was before. Look, when Mark Davis... Uh, replaced Rich Basaccia with, with Josh McDaniels. He was on the record as saying he didn't want kind of a, a leader of men, so to speak. He wanted an X's and O's tactician who could also lead. Well, that didn't work out. Now he likes Antonio Pierce because he's not only a leader, but he also understands the significance of the Raider culture. Growing up in Compton, listening to NWA, wearing the Raider hats in high school and whatnot. Those things, are, those things matter to Mark Davis, and it carries the day. Two years ago, it didn't matter as much. Now it's almost like the, the, the quote-unquote patriot way that was kind of being instituted here. It doesn't fit here. It, it was an odd fit. It, it never did. And to move on from, from those guys after you know such a short period of time, it kind of tells you that the, the, the bottom line is maybe they should have made that higher in the first place. But they're not looking back. They're looking forward. And I'll say this, Paul, uh, that Mark Davis's mindset, like you said, could be totally different two years ago compared to where it is now. And one of the reasons why it might be different is because what he has experienced with the Aces. Because when he brought Becky Hammond in, it was that exact same thing. Okay, He wanted to have a player who played in this league, one of the greats of all time, but wanted someone that could lead those women. And the way she just galvanized and got their attention, and Mark Davis saw that immediately and was going like, wow. I mean, this is amazing to have a leader like this that just – 
could rule kind of like with an iron fist when she needed to, but be able to have that fun and relate to the players and everything. And all yeah. it's done is, is gotten the aces back to back championships, which Mark Davis, as you well know, as we both know, you know, extremely proud of that. And he has, he loves Becky Hammond. That hire was fantastic for him. And I'm just saying that might have played a part on going this direction, at least for the interim now with Antonio Pierce and what he's looking for, because the Becky Hammond is a great leader of women and he's looking now for a leader of men. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. But I, I, I would all, honestly, I'd kind of pause a little bit because I think Becky Hammond's resume is is, is it, it blows away what Antonio does as a oh, coach. Sure, and that's sure. not a that's yeah. not a shot there. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. I'm saying going uh, forward Antonio, too with the next yeah, head yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. And, and again, it, it, it's it's about the culture, right? It's, it's they right. say in the, the pregame promo that there's 31 teams and then there's the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, that kind of stuff matters to to the the group here. It matters to, to Mark, and, and you feel that here going forward. Under the previous regime, that wasn't so much the case. It was just, you know, it was more of the just win, and they weren't doing enough of that, and the offense, which was supposed to be the strength, actually turned out to be the detriment. And it's like, okay, which leads me to the next question of, if that was the offense uh, that was the problem, and it was his offense, and he's gone, but the offense stays, what do you do now? I mean, Bo Hardegree's never called plays in his coaching career. All of a sudden, He's left with this with this playbook. What does he do? And, and Devontae talked about it too. He said, "Look, we're not going to blow up the whole thing, but there's things that he could put his own twist on, and 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 we can adjust on the fly that way too." So there's that point of it. There's and Antonio Pierce being that fiery kind of leader that that you know fans are already talking about. They want to run through walls for him. Imagine how that translates in the locker room, especially especially this. I mean, you know, the NFL scriptwriters got it right this time again. They always get it right. Who's Antonio Pierce playing in his first game as a coach? His former team. <laughs> right. The team that he won a Super Bowl with. The team that he uh, went to the Pro Bowl for. The Giants. And maybe, just maybe, he is the Raiders' answer to Jeff Saturday from last year. Jeff Saturday only coached in high school as a head coach. Antonio Pierce is only coached in high school as a, as a, as a coach himself. But the difference is those Colts teams were devoid of any real special talent they're still all pro talent dotting this roster up and down the season's not over yeah they're two games under 500 but they're two very winnable games on the docket so that's that's part of the reason why mark made this this uh, decision at this time because he had told me he gave himself a nfl trade deadline uh, as a deadline for himself to make a decision one way or the other Okay, and that 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 is key, you know, right there. And then when you look at that, you know, because a lot of people thought, okay, he's going to let the season ride out. But I got to commend him for for going ahead and making this move now, because now you can kind of take your time and you know see how the rest of the season plays out. Because I, I know he told you uh, that you know he is not giving up on this season. He still thinks that right. this team has a shot, as slim as it may be, that they still have a shot here. But now he can really take his time, get around those people that that he you know, taps into for advice and then kind of see, okay, who could be available to lead this team going forward, both from a head coaching standpoint and a GM standpoint, and then see who becomes available come January and February as well, too. So I think the timing is is great. I'm glad that he did pull the trigger at, at this point in time. But did you get a sense from him, like, what was, like, say, the final straw or what was it? Was it the Lions game? Was it the Bears game? Was it the combination of things? Was it a uh, him talking to Max Crosby, Devontae Adams? How much of that did you kind of get into with uh, with Mark? I think the answer to all that is yes. It was all of that. You know, it was right. it was it wasn't one single thing. Um, 
really the only quote on the record that he talked about regarding that was he just didn't feel that there was room that they were improving. It was just nothing but regression, and it was simply time. And I don't think anybody could really argue that. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, when you, when you kind of break it down and you look at it in the way that I wrote the article was, I mean, yeah, McDaniels was here and he was trying his best. Nobody was, he wasn't trying to lose games or anything, but he oversaw some of the most embarrassing losses in franchise history, if not just some of the more novel ones. I mean, when it comes to, you know, Baker Mayfield beating him last year, having never practiced with the team, losing to a high school coach in Jeff Saturday, uh, blowing a 20 point lead to Arizona, um, never crossing the 50-yard line with your starting offense and getting shut out in New Orleans. That's just last year. This year, you look at what happened with Devontae getting one catch for 11 yards on a national stage and then chucking his helmet on the sideline. Yeah, the, what happened Monday night in Detroit was the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, but it wasn't just that. It was the combination of all of those things and looking at it, and, and you know that's, that's the, the micro view, pulling back on the macro view. And there just didn't seem to be a plan. There didn't seem to be an, a plan to improve things or even a track to get it done. Mm-hmm. So that is, is literally the reasoning behind his decision to just kind of pull the, pull the plug right now and, and go forward. And, and keep this in mind, too. Who knows? I mean, it, nobody could have guessed that, that Rich Versace and, and, and company would have, would have gotten into the playoffs that year. And that's what still stung a lot of the players was that those guys weren't given at least one more year to be rewarded for what they pulled off, and they went with McDaniels instead. But what if these guys go on some sort of a run and you already have found your guy in the house? That's also a possibility. Not likely, but it's a possibility. Paul, what do you feel was the biggest disconnect with this team during the McDaniels era, especially the last few weeks? I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, in culture. I'm a big believer in uh, feelings. And I know that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. I know it doesn't, uh, you know, you can't really put a number on it but you can feel it. it. It's, it's tangible in my opinion. And that's what was missing here. And I don't know. And that's again, not a shot at Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler. They're hardworking guys that tried their best, but it just was not a fit. They came from a culture where none of that stuff mattered. All that mattered was, yeah, he has six Super Bowl rings. So how are you going to argue with that? Right. But this place is different. This place is unique. And again, this, we're coming up on 40 years now since this team last won a Super Bowl. I was in junior high school when that happened, <laughs> so I remember that. But but this place is different. There needs to be some sort of a culture where these guys feel it, and that was just missing. Now, does that make Jimmy Garoppolo miss Devontae Adams when he's wide open on throws going, you know, when he's on busted coverage? No, absolutely not. So you can tell me to shut up, and that doesn't mean anything, Paul. But at the same time, maybe it helps a couple plays earlier where it then makes those two guys connect. And, and get together. Maybe it helps Aiden O'Connell now going forward, knowing that he's the guy uh, and not having to look over your shoulder. I mean, there were guys in the, locker, in the locker room last year that are no longer here. You know, as a reporter, you're trying to get contact information for off-season stories. They were afraid to give out their contact information because of how they were treated when they were with the Patriots. Oh, they don't want us talking to the media in the off-season. So you can't have that culture. And I'm not saying if they talk to reporters, that's going to make them better. I'm just saying there's a culture of fear that's, that was instilled and now it seems like it's a little bit more open. Is that going to help them win? I don't know, but it's it can't help. It can't hurt. All I know is uh, you go back forty years ago. That was Paul Gutierrez with his boombox uh, walking around with cameo. That's what you were doing, my friend, right? I, I'm, I'm putting my members only jacket on my uh, <laughs> my Christmas wish list, and instead getting a Jordash jacket. What ass pockets on the on the on the shoulders? Right. What's wrong with you? There we go. See? <laughs> I love it. I can so relate to that. Oh, Paul Gutierrez, ESPN.com. Got a great article up there, uh, his conversation with Mark Davis and others as well, too. So check that out at ESPN.com. 
the offense has been terrible. We know that. All right. Dead last right. in the NFL. How does this get fixed considering the offense will basically stay the same? You have a quarterback coach right. who is now the offensive coordinator calling plays for the very first time, and you throw in a rookie quarterback who is now taking over. How does it get fixed? That's that's the $72.75 million question, right? Basically what they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo now to hold a clipboard, which, again, I don't think it's his fault either, but maybe for, it's for the best that he gets to just sit back and just exhale now. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, I mean... Is he the answer? I don't know. I don't think anybody in there knows. But at least it gives them an opportunity to just see what they have in him going forward. He brings a breath of fresh air. He's not beat up like Jimmy is. Um, it's interesting because yesterday Antonio was asked exactly that question. And that's always been my, you know, since this went down two nights ago, was how does this affect the offense or how, how can it affect the offense? Because it's his scheme. You know, like, like when John Gruden left, at least when Greg Olson took over as the play caller, he had called plays in the NFL before, and he had been a play caller and offensive coordinator, so he knew how to put his own spin on things, right? So that, uh, that offense got a bump immediately. You saw it. He was, all of a sudden, he was using Kenyon Drake when he hadn't been yep. used before. Right. So, now, so what happens now? All of a sudden, we're getting a return of third and Renfro? Right. Probably, possibly. But what Antonio Pierce said was, look, I already had a talk with those people on the, on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to stay out of their way. They know what kind of offense we want to run. And I'm no fool. I'm a former player. And I'm quoting him when he says, I'm no fool. I'm a former player. But you need to use your key people. And if that wasn't a flare shooting straight up in the sky to why in the world is Devontae Adams only having one catch? Why is Hunter Renfro invisible? Why is, you know, why are you running Josh Jacobs and he's, and he's eating? And then all of a sudden you forget about him. That to me was the message. And that's probably how they think they can fix the offenses. If it's broken, don't fix it. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Now, I know obviously the immediate attention right now is finish out the rest of this season with his coaching staff, and, and people are going to toss out names and that sort of thing. But to be fair, yeah, we, we don't know if it, Antonio Pierce can be the uh, the future coach, head coach of this team or not. He can be retained in a different capacity. We, we don't know. But obviously, you know, Mark Davis has, has got to be uh, having some names and some stuff and some conversations that will be taking place here. Any idea which direction you think that he will go with this coaching search, whether it is a veteran head coach, if it is, you know, sticking with what a lot of teams are doing, you know, trying to go with the hot OC or the hot DC, that sort of thing. Any idea what you think, uh, you know, he maybe, he may be thinking about. Not yet, not yet. Uh, obviously, you know, we're going to hear the name Jim Harbaugh forever until he yeah. says out and out that, no, I'm staying here, or no, I want to come back to the NFL. We're going to hear that forever. You know, I've covered this team since 2005 as a quote-unquote professional. I was a fan of the Raiders growing up. I, my, my first NFL team I really covered was the L.A. Raiders in 88. Yes, listening to NWA in my tape deck, going to the games. So I've seen a lot of weird things around this organization. John Gruden coming back at some point would not be the weirdest thing I've ever seen either. I was just going to say, I was just going to, I was going to ask you that, you know, and again, why not? Some time has passed and I know that Gruden has a lawsuit going against the NFL, but I think one of the stipulations was like, okay, you know, you know, that uh, if he came back to the Raiders, he would drop that. And and we know how Mark really feels uh, about John. I mean, could that be a possibility? Sure. Why not? And and you're absolutely right. I was sitting in the courtroom that day when his lawyer spoke up and told the NFL lawyers, hey, you know, if John Gruden could get his job back with the Raiders, we would consider dropping this suit. You think the NFL didn't hear that? Uh, If you give John Gruden his job back or you have to open up everybody's emails and show everybody just (laughs) 
how sick people are really on their emails when they think they're only talking to buddies. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's why I never rule that out. Now, is that the answer? I don't know. Um, all I do know, though, is that his offense um, was, was kind of antiquated a little bit, so he'd have to adjust the way he would think, too. But that's, not, that's another name to not go, that's not going to go away anytime soon either. All right. Paul Gutierrez joins us. All right, before we let you go, let's talk about this Sunday back at Allegiant Stadium. What do you expect to see with, we, you know, with this Raiders offense, just uh, how they hit the field? And, again, they got an opponent coming in here that's pretty wounded themselves, and the New York Giants are going to get Daniel Jones back, their quarterback. But uh, one of the ugliest football games I have ever watched in a long, long time took place at the Meadowlands last week between the Jets yeah. and the Giants. Uh, but w- let's give the Giants some credit defensively because they're going to be going after a rookie quarterback, and the Giants' defense is pretty good. No doubt, but I also figure – and again, yeah, I believe in, in culture. I believe in emotion and all that, but I don't know how long emotion can last. I, I do think that the Raiders are going to ride a, a serious wave of, wave of emotion, and there's still talent on this team all over the place. It's a top-heavy roster, but but it's very good uh, talent, right? So I, I see them riding the wave of emotion to a victory, uh, maybe even a last-second kind of a thing here, but they're just too good uh, to not realize the opportunity in front of them. And then you just kind of go from there. You, you, again, you saw a bump emotionally the last time this happened two years ago you saw a bump uh physically from the offense especially so i I expect that to happen again now can that sustain through the remaining nine games we're going to find out but for this coming weekend that's exactly what i expect to see all right and that's what we're seeing uh, so far paul great stuff man appreciate you i look forward to seeing you on sunday and uh, go check out his article at espn.com Brother? Yeah, sounds good. There you go. There you go. We're, pu- We're pumping it up for yeah. you right now. We're giving you a flashback. Here you go. I got a There it is. <laughs> all right, brother. We'll see all you. they can do, only thing they can do to make it better is to have Dre, Cube, Yella, and Ren all at the torch to light it off, to light the torch before the game. And, well, I'll tell Mark you should do that. I was gonna, and that wouldn't shock anybody. Uh, you know, we've no. already seen remnants of that in the past already, so why not? Yes. Done right. deal. Take care, brother. All right, guys. Take care. There it is. Paul Gutierrez. Covering the Raiders since 2005. Way back when. Back in the day. Raider guy. Culture. That's what it's all about, right? It's all about the culture. And like I said, there will be hype. They'll be ready to go. But how far can that carry them once you start getting smacked in the mouth and we got ourselves a real football game? Hey, maybe they can withstand it. And like you said, he brought up a great point. We saw that two years ago with Rich Passaccia. It, uh, it, it, It led him to some victories. In a playoff run. We come back next hour. We handicap the NFL, college football weekend, and more right here on a thunderous Thursday. What's up? Tell them where you're from. Straight out of Compton. Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham spike for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show, show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray gives it down. Two here on 
this thunderous Thursday. Appreciate Paul Gutierrez for joining us. Hour one, talking Raiders. Go check out his article at ESPN.com. This hour, talk some handicapping. Start breaking down NFL week number nine, college football as well, too. Plus, we got games tonight in both of those. All right. Hang tight for that. And plus, we've got some tickets to give away. Oh, yes. It is that time again. Raiders home game means it is time for the Raiders indoor tailgate party at Slice of Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay shops located between the Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. Yes, all you can eat. $35, man. $35, the great food provided by Slice of Vegas and also Who Songs uh, starting at 10 a.m. You can watch the morning games there at Slice of Vegas. And guess what? You get to go for F-R-E-E. That's right. Eat all you can. Drink all you can. That's beer. That's wine. That's soft drinks. Get lathered up for the game that kicks off at, uh, a little after 1 o'clock coming up on Sunday. But yes, at 10 o'clock at Slice of Vegas. So hang tight. This hour, we are going to put you in the place there on Sunday. All right, for FRWE. So get ready for that. All right, let's talk uh, uh, some NFL football, college, and more with our good friend, our resident handicapper who appears, I don't want to say nightly because it's not nightly, daily. That's not right. So I guess say afternoonly, Scott Spritzer. What's going on, my man? Afternoonly, I like it. I, I don't know. It just, it just came to me. I don't know why and how, but it did. What's up, man? I'll take it. How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't have any, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, flea for you, or we didn't have any fishbone for you. But oh, Numbchuck's got something for you. What do you got, Numbchuck? Afternoon delight. I don't think Scott Spritzer was a Starland vocal band. How do you like that one, Scott? Starland vocal band. That's a serious change of gears. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not one. Re- Numbcheck, can we please get the record scratch for this one? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think this is more uh, more, more Jay Schrader right here. There you go. Jay Schrader. <laughs> oh, man. oh, my gosh. Memories of the mid-70s. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the public swimming pool. Yeah, right. <laughs> public swimming pool. Is that what they were doing in Omaha, Nebraska, playing the Starland vocal band? It's probably, pro- I, I don't know why, yes. Oh, <laughs> why the hell funny. do I remember that? But I do. That's funny. Uh, yeah, summer of whatever that year was, 76 or whatever. I think before nine, that. 10 years old, hanging out at the pool. Uh, <laughs> I remember the old public swimming pools. We actually had them in Sacramento as well, too. Yeah. 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 We had them all over. We had uh, Our pool was Cashio's. Which, by the way, that family also owned a great Italian restaurant, so I will give them that. <laughs> but but when you were a teenager like that, Scott, wasn't the eye candy pretty good at the public pool during the months of June and July? When I was 10, I was in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prime. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, man. So uh, I want to know how much time did you spend watching and wagering on the World Series? Oh, I watched a lot of it, actually. I mean... Not every pitch, not every inning. Um, I was, I passed one of the games, so I was involved in four of the five games. And, uh, I'm a, you know me, I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask if you're just talking about, if you're a sports fan and you watched a lot of baseball, did you watch this series? Um, I'm a junkie. So, yep. you know, it, it, it could have been, 
couple of college baseball teams playing a best of seven, and I would have been tuned into most of it. So, again, didn't watch every single pitch or every single inning, but because uh, there was other stuff going on too with football and all that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I watched a lot of it. You know, pretty much the same as I always do. So, you know, I know the the ratings drop down because nobody outside of those regions, you know, Dallas, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, really seem to care about that World Series other than the betting. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you like to see. You, you like to see teams that never get in the World Series get it in the World Series, but at the same time, I miss having the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, the Cardinals. I miss having the teams that, you know, are there quite often, at least in our childhood and growing up until the last few years, being in the mix. I really do. I would rather see a Red Sox-Dodgers World Series than the Rangers and the D-backs or even your Houston Astros. And no offense there, they were great. Dusty is fantastic. But the bottom line was, is I want those teams, man, those teams who grew up on to be in the World Series. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't, you know, obviously, you know, the, the name, the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks had a lot to do with the low ratings and everything. But I really think it comes down to star power. I mean, neither one of these teams had the star power that the right. casual fan is, is going to know. I mean, we got to hang your hat on, on Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon. I mean, you know, you guys that, you know, didn't, you know, uh, play with those organizations up until the last couple of years, you're not going to get it. And then, you know, from a, a pitching star power, I mean, every World Series, Scott, it just seems like, you know, you've got, you know, one or two aces on each staff that, that are there. And you couldn't even make that case. Sure, Max Scherzer came over, but Max Scherzer was a shell of himself this year. Right. I mean, he wasn't good at all. But, you know, uh, Zach Gallon threw a great game last night. Uh, but not many people, you know, know of him. But, and, well, yeah. And, and how, that- and how sad is that too? Here's a guy that throws a no-no through six innings. And the scores, you know, nothing, nothing at the end of six. And then he gives up like a little bleeder to Seeger and then boom, here come the, the, the roof caves in, so to speak. And then all of a sudden they go to the pen and then it's five, nothing world series, you know, to the Texas Rangers. But yeah, it just didn't seem like we had a whole bunch of close games. We didn't have a lot of star power. It just seemed very, very odd to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's part of it too. There was no big names and I, I threw Houston in that mix as being a team that, doesn't have a big following outside of their region, but you had Jose Altuve, you had Justin Verlander. You know, there was none of that in this World Series for the most part. I mean, listen, if you're a baseball junkie, you like watching uh, some of those individual players that were out there in this World Series, but if you're not a baseball junkie, it just didn't have that star power, as you mentioned. You know, I'm a Zach Allen fan, but again, your closest things to an ace on these two teams in this World Series was Nathan Eovaldi, who, you know, picked it up down the stretch and all that into the postseason, but even had one really bad playoff start. And I think that was the first game against Arizona or the second game, whatever, but his first start, he had a real bad game in the playoffs. And then Gallon, you know, he could be great at home and bad on the road. So you're right. I mean, that's part of it. Not just the team names, but also the players that were not involved. You want to see Aaron Judge. You know, you want to see, even though he struggled in the postseason throughout his career, you want to see a Clayton Kershaw. You know, and, and there's just none of that star power. I was happy for Bruce Bochy. I really like both of those managers that were in the World Series. Uh, but Bochy, man, he just, I never thought we'd see him manage again. And then he takes over in Texas and turns him around as quickly as he did. And then, of course, to, 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 excuse me, Tori Lavulo, who, you know, just a couple of years ago lost over 100 games and had one of the most banged up injury filled rosters that I've seen in my lifetime. And he turns him around and gets him to the World Series. 
Most of all, I like him because he cashed my over wins total ticket during the regular season. But uh, <laughs> from a betting standpoint, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's a situation where you know even Bruce Bochy, as good as he's been, he's won multiple World Series. What is it now? Like four. Four. Um, and of course, with San Francisco before this, but even his name doesn't draw the same kind of attention, you know, that you would get out of some of the other managers, you know, in baseball who could make it, you know, more interesting, I guess, for the general consumer of sports on TV. But again, it's, it's one of those things where, man, I want to get, I want to see star power, but I also want to see the so-called little guy get in the world series from time to time too. Sure. Yeah. It makes, makes total sense. All right. Uh, let's talk about the NFL, my friend. Uh, we got a pretty intriguing game, uh, tonight. You've got uh, Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh, uh, Steelers open like two and a half, uh, pretty much three all the way across the board. They are at home. Kenny Pickett is going to get the start after being injured last week with a rib injury. And Mr. Bisky came in, uh, was not good uh, for Pittsburgh as they lost at home to Jacksonville. Uh, how much are you, are you buying into the bounce back theory for Pittsburgh? And then, you know, Tennessee just kind of being uneven, uh, you know, a good portion of the season and will love us starting for, for Tennessee tonight. Yeah, the, the bounce back situation has been great under Mike Tomlin. I mean, they're 17 and five against the spread at home following a home loss by 10 or more. Last week they lost by 10 and that records under the coaching of Tomlin. And then, you know, there's six and oh against the spread at home following a game where they scored less than 15 points. So Tomlin normally turns this team around quickly and gets them to bounce back. Uh, as far as Will Levis, I mean, I, you know, we only saw one game, but boy, he sure did look like the real deal throwing the ball well downfield. They had a couple of passes greater than 30 yards in last week's game. But I kind of was like looking into this as the handicap, and, and I thought, man, you know, he had two weeks. He had a week off to prepare for Atlanta last week, and he did. He looked good. He looks like a keeper so far. But he's going to make his second start now on short rest and against one of the best coaching staffs over the last 20 years, led by Mike Tomlin. So you got T.J. Watt and company who should be ready for a somewhat weak Tennessee offensive line. Uh, I know they're missing, uh, uh, I'm trying, I'm spacing off his name now. They're missing one of their top. Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there you go, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're going to be missing him tonight. But I think Tomlin is going to have a, a game plan designed to handle a rookie quarterback on short rest and short preparation time. So I actually did a video on this about 1 a.m. our time, uh, TC last night. So it's floating around there on YouTube, but I, I recommended laying the two and a half with Pittsburgh. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it's three now, but I still like him there. Right, right, right. Well, and of course, uh, when Scott Spicer did that at one a.m., I mean, he was uh, he was amped up too because that's his prime time. I mean, that's that's everyone else's. <laughs> you know, like two p.m. in the afternoon. Scott Spicer's one one a.m. Right. My two primes were, you know, at the age of 10 with hair, and then, of course, at 1 a.m. Pacific just about every night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. All right. Let's uh, uh, talk. We'll, we'll keep it in the tonight realm here because we've got a couple college football games uh, with relatively low spreads, and uh, we've got TCU and Texas Tech. Both teams have really been disappointing, especially uh, t- uh, TCU after they got blasted by K-State last week, 41-3. to uh, Texas uh, Tech comes in here at three and five they're a three-point favorite uh and then we've got wake forest and duke and again duke with a big time setback where they got shut out at louisville last week give me some thoughts on both these games guys yeah i'll start with the one that i jumped on and took a chance with uh with my money uh yesterday and that was south alabama which was four and a half at the time over troy plus four and a half and i was taking a chance that carter bradley the south alabama quarterback 
is going to play in this game. He's been listed as questionable all week. But if you watched him on Monday, he walks up to the podium. He shows no signs of injury as he addresses the media. He didn't have a, a limp. He didn't have a cane. He didn't have any wrap on his leg or anything like that. And he was kind of coy when he was asked if he was going to play on Thursday. And he basically said, in a, in a nutshell, and a paraphrase, he had a grin on his face. And he said, well, I guess I'll have to wait and find out on Thursday. So I suspect that he's going to play, and that was going into today the word around the program. We saw this line shoot up, TC, because a very famous website that doesn't give picks, but it gives out information on college and pro football, baseball, all that stuff, and a lot of statistics and injury updates. Earlier today, about four or five hours ago, uh, they said that he was not going to play. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 you see this line go up to five and a half. And then within a half hour, they deleted that update that he wasn't going to play. It didn't say anything. So official word is that he's questionable. Obviously, I, I took him at four and a half, got the worst of the number because it's up to five and a half when I grabbed it last night. But I think he's going to play just by what they've been saying around the South Alabama program. And, you know, the Jags, man, they're in a four-way tie for second place in the conference. I, I think they can win this game as long as Bradley's on the field. So for those listening, this game goes at 4.30 uh, Pacific time. And if you want to get involved, you could wait, you know, just wait. Wait another hour uh, before 4.30 and see if Carter Bradley's going to play. And then you could pounce on South Alabama, I believe. Yeah, uh, big difference maker right there if he does uh, start and play. Uh, what about the other two games I mentioned, TCU, Texas Tech, Wake Forest, and Duke? Yeah, I didn't play either. I, I have an opinion on the Dukies. And then as far as the TCU-Texas Tech game, I it fell just short of making my card. And I, I like T, uh, Texas Tech in this game, TC. Um, you know, they've got a, still a chance at a bowl game at the end of the season, but they got to start winning. And I don't like this TCU defense at all. Uh, they've not played very well. I know uh, they've won four in a row in this series, so Texas Tech does have that motivation if it's really worth anything after the game kicks off. You know, I, I do a show on Wednesday nights with a guy who used to play for the New York Giants for six years, and I asked him about that. You know, how much does revenge really mean once the game starts? And I said, you know what my feeling is as a handicapper? I think it keeps a team even more focused during the week of prep as they're going into a game where they feel like maybe they came up short because they made a stupid mistake or a bad call. And so it keeps them even, you know, like finer tuned in their focus for the prep of that week leading to the game. And he agreed. He goes, as far as when the game kicks off, two, three plays into it, all that stuff's out the window, and you just got to take care of your assignments as an individual player. So I, I put that into this game or this handicap that Tech probably had laser focus during the prep this week. But when it gets game time, it's a matter of taking care of your assignments. And I think they will. I think they get the job done tonight. But it did fall short of making my official card. All right, Scott Spicer joins us. DocSports.com. Go there. Check out Scott's plays. Does not matter to the sport. My man is uh, all over it. And uh, so we're going to go back uh, to your, your late night hours, uh, Scott. Uh, we're going to go to the NFL and we got a pretty good football game, but I know you'll be sound asleep at, at 6.30 in the morning. So we go to <laughs> Frankfurt, Germany, my friend. You know how I feel about these overseas games. I, I don't like it, but, you know, i got a soft spot in my heart that it is in Frankfurt. You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I, I love my German uh, Bundesliga. But uh, any chance that, uh, that you stay up and, and, and watch this game and then go to sleep for the afternoon portions? Hey, we get an extra hour of sleep. Good point. So, you That's know, right. this weekend. So I can zonk out at three and it's only two <laughs> and I can get four hours of sleep, watch this game, fall asleep later in the day. 
uh, yeah, no Bundesliga and no Gladbach, right? So right. I don't know what the heck you're talking about watching this game for you. Right. But uh, listen, Miami's offense has been about speed. They've been about expanding teams downfield. It opens things up over the middle of the field. But when they face speedy defenses and talented defenses, Tua and company have left a lot to be desired, as you know, TC. I mean, they lost two of their last five games. And they lost to the only speed defenses they've seen this season. They scored 17 in that 14-point loss to the Eagles. They scored 20 in a 28-point loss to the Bills. The offense was completely shut down by Philly. Uh, and in those two games I just mentioned, Tua, he's got two touchdown passes and two picks. He was sacked eight times by the Eagles and by the Bills combined. So KC has that quickness on defense, I think, to disrupt Tua uh, as a quarterback, he's a real rhythm quarterback. It's all about timing with Tua, and they've got the kind of defense that can disrupt that, make him change his plans and his mind a little bit after the snap of the ball. So, and then as far as the offense, I know KC lost last week. Denver was in a great spot. It was a tough spot for KC. I think they get back to their to the fundamentals of the KC offense this week, which means underneath passing, and I think they'll find success against Miami. Remember, Miami's allowing twenty five points per game. So Kansas City still third in the NFL in passing yards per game, fourth in total yards per game. I think they get this one in cover on Sunday morning, and I will be watching. I'll be. I'll look at that. And Kansas City only a one-and-a-half point favorite, and a lot of that is, again, it's a neutral field. You'll be playing in Frankfurt, Germany. And, of course, the Dolphins get a lot of love for having the top-ranked offense, but you're right. Uh, there are some holes, and especially defensively, uh, for Miami as well, too. Scott, how much do you put into the handicap, or do you at all, uh, for these overseas games, for teams that travel and, you know, the time difference and everything else? Cause we know that none of the teams really enjoy doing this. And then, you know, a lot of times your top tier teams, uh, you know, really, they don't get the opportunity to go overseas until the NFL kind of made it mandatory for everyone to go. Because remember, this is supposed to be a Kansas City Chiefs home game. And, you know, in years past, you would never see them give up a home game. But the NFL has mandated that now, hey, it just can't be teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee and the Raiders who give up their home games to play overseas. It, it has to be across the board because they're shoving this overseas stuff down our throats. But how much do you handicap the the, the, the travel or the situation there? I don't much on the on the game itself there because obviously both teams are the same, you know, situation. But I do like until Jacksonville blew it this year for us. I do like looking to go against teams that don't have a week off after returning from overseas. And again, you know, I played against Jacksonville when they had played two weeks in a row over in England and then came back home without rest, played against them, and they still won. So they kind of threw a wrench into that system, but it's been pretty good over the years. So I don't change my handicap again on on the game itself that's played you know overseas but i do look to see if the team uh, has to play the very next next week without time off and those teams again they've done poorly over the last few years mm-hmm. all right let's go to Allegiant stadium on sunday the giants and the raiders uh we know that the raiders have this uh, renewed enthusiasm with uh, and antonio pierce but uh, like I say, Scott, you know, that's all fine and good. I'm sure they'll come out of the tunnel, uh, you know, ready to play. It'll be fired up, but you know, that emotion can only ride you so far once you, you know, get hit in the mouth with it. And the Giants defense is pretty good, by the way. But I think that you're, if you like the Giants, and again, and maybe a lot of people don't because that 
was a dreadful performance that they had last week against the Jets. Uh, one of the ugliest football games of the year, that 13-10 overtime uh, mess. But, you know, this is uh, a, a Giants team that does have a lot more continuity currently than the Raiders right now, and especially when you're dealing with a first-time play caller who's been a quarterback coach. Uh, you lost your head coach. You lost your offensive coordinator. And even though the players will be, you know, amped up, I just, you know, don't have a lot of faith in, in backing the Raiders here. Uh, give me some thoughts and how are you possibly handicapping this game? Yeah, I, I have to leave it alone. I was going to play the Giants. I decided to leave it alone when all the news broke out that, you know, they had the firings. And, and so if you look at what coaches have done in the past or teams have done in the past to the NFL, the first week or two when they hire a new head coach and get rid of the old coach, and obviously the old coach had to be struggling to be canned, uh, they've done pretty well, uh, both straight up and against the spread, those teams. I, I don't trust this Raiders football team enough to get involved with them. At the same time, you know, as you mentioned, the Giants, they had plenty of chances to win the game, even though they had minus nine yards passing for the game. They had to switch and go to a quarterback who had never thrown a pass in the NFL after Tyrod Taylor uh, got hurt last week. Well, now Danny Dimes is going to be back behind center, or as they're starting to call him on the East Coast, Danny Loose Change, with the way he's played the last couple of years. Uh, It's tough to back him, too. I will say this. When when Daniel Jones has been at home, he's lost against the spread. But when he started a quarterback on the road for the Giants, they've actually gone 19-11 and against the numbers. So basically what that shows us is that the adjustment is made, the Giants often stinks, so the books have to make an adjustment to you know, do what they got to do behind the counter, and they undervalue the New York Giants on the road you know, on purpose, obviously, and they've done well. I, I think if anything, this game stays under. you now got a defensive mind uh, for the Raiders as the head coach. You've got a quarterback who's new to the starting role, looked good in preseason O'Connell. We'll see if he looks good in the regular season. And you mentioned, you know, the Giants are pretty good on defense. So if I did anything at all with this game right now, it would be to play the under, which sits around 37. Scott, we were talking earlier, and I'm sure you have the answer to this. Uh, Not to put you on the spot, but you're quick. You have it. Uh, Raiders team total in this game. They haven't scored over 21 points in any contest. Uh, just curious if, uh, you know, that emotion is going to, you know, translate into points or not. Like I said, uh, again, you know, you got, uh, you know, first time play caller. You still got this, you know, you don't have much continuity, but, uh, w- what is that number? Would it be right around 21 and a half? Would it be 19 and a half for the Raiders team total? Oh, as a team total? Yeah, it'd probably be around 20 in that neighborhood. I can, as we're speaking, I'll just look it up at a couple of the, of the, um, the, the books that are offering that around the world, in fact. And, and yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I couldn't get involved necessarily with the team total. I mean, I'd really have to study it because it's a situation where, like you said, there are just so many situations in this game that, you know, moving parts that we just don't know about, you know, because of, of uh, the changes that are made. I'm, I'm looking at first half team total. They've got the over under at nine and a half on the Raiders with minus a dollar ten on the under, so that's as far as that's concerned. And as I'm going down here to look at some of the props, still looking for that, you know, Las Vegas Raiders team total overall. Right now I just see first quarter and first half. So if you're looking at nine with the little bit more of the juice on the under, nine and a half I should say, then you're probably looking at about eighteen points for that over under with that team total. So and, and again you got a quarterback you know nothing about. You know, if you look at Adrian O'Connell his anytime touchdown is plus 710 
to the yes. I'm looking at one book with minus 2,700 to the no on O'Connell. So that ought to tell you a little bit about expected offense. His over-under completions, 21.5 with the under getting a buck 40. You know, it's a situation where they're really looking for a low-scoring game as far as the books of these props are concerned. Well, Scott, we know that uh, you're going to get Daniel Jones back for the Giants, but, uh, you know, we're going to miss Tommy DeVito. But you, oh, you, you know Tommy <laughs> DeVito, right? I mean, you, you knew him before last week, right, Scott? I didn't like Tommy DeVito when he was in college, yeah. you know? And, and so here's, here's the thing. Last week I'm in the contest at the Westgate and the Circa, and I end up going 3-1-1, one, and one, and I pushed with the Giants. Obviously, if I know Tyrod Taylor's out and Tommy DeVito's going to be in, I'm not playing the New York Giants. I felt blessed to get a push out of that game in the contest. But you're absolutely right. I'll take either one of these quarterbacks for the Raiders or talking about Daniel Jones in a heartbeat mm-hmm. over, over, uh, over Tommy DeVito. I'm not trying to rip the guy. I didn't like him in college, so certainly don't like him at the NFL. But, Scott, level. we talking about we've loved Tommy DeVito. We've loved Tommy DeVito for the past 20 <laughs> years. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm talking about the Tommy DeVito. Tommy, I thought you were talking about Danny DeVito. No, Tommy DeVito right here. <laughs> That's what he said. What did you say? Right. Funny how. <laughs> What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? man, let me understand this, because I, you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just, you know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the f- is so funny about me. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Joe Pesci, baby! Right there! You know, was he was that last name DeVito in that movie? Yeah, Tommy DeVito wow. was his character in Goodfellas. You and Nunchuck really are funny guys. <laughs> what? what are you trying to say, Scott? What are you trying to right say? Tommy DeVito. I remember the what Tommy. You, I forgot what it was trying DeVito. to say, huh? Yeah. Huh? What are you trying to say? Like a funny, like a clown, Scott? Is that what you're trying to say? Huh? Because I'm looking across from a plate of pasta at you over at Piero's? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Okay, Goodfellas or Garbage Man Auto? Ooh, that's a tough one, man. That's tough. I, you know me. I'm, I'm partial to, uh, uh, you know, the Auto the Garbage Man in Pulp Fiction. No question. No. Oh, by the way, I'm looking right now. The Raiders team total is at 20 and a half with forty to the under. To the end. Wow. Oh, that is crazy. That is crazy. All right, man. Um, give me a quick handicap. Probably game of the week is Dallas and Philadelphia. Oh, Dallas and Philadelphia. How about I give you one that I like? Okay, that's fine, too. <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably surprise a few people with this one. Um, I've got a 20-1 a to ticket on the Washington Huskies. I am extremely scared of this game on Saturday night. Um, I think it's a potential season saver, you know, sort of, for Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Washington doesn't run the football well at all. I, I think it catches up to them. Uh, their weak link is the interior of the offensive line. They're 119th in rushing yards per game. And I know the USC defense has holes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but they've got top-shelf talent on the edges. And when you don't have to worry about a running game, you can put pressure on an opposing quarterback, in this case, Michael Penix Jr., who doesn't have his full set of targets also this week. Um, I was looking at last week's game. Washington outgained by Stanford, even though they won the game. They only led Stanford by two points with under two minutes to go. They've escaped in each of the last four games. I think USC has the offense that can score against this Washington defense. Remember, Washington's 118th against the pass. I, I hate to have to go against Washington. 
I think USC only getting three tells us something. I like them this week. Washington's been getting by by the skin of their teeth. So Trojans plus the points, TC. Woo! Trojans plus the points at home in this game. And again, if if USC is has any hope for a, a decent bowl game, I mean, it, it has got to be here. They've got to show up here. I mean, we would have never expected to see SC as a home dog. And like you said, I mean, Washington – they, you know, they, they put up a, uh, some great numbers this year, but you're right. As of late, and I don't know if they're, you know, I guess you can make the, the excuse that they were looking past Stanford. Uh, you know, we saw that, you know, earlier with Stanford when, what, they played Colorado and they were getting bombed sure. and they came back. So maybe that's the case, but I'm with you, man. I would think if USC is ever going to show up, this has got to be it. I mean, I guess on the other side, Scott, you look at that, like people are going to say, wait a minute, Cal got 49 against him. What is Washington right. going to do? Well, it's a 55-45 final. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. At but least. No, I don't think you be. are kidding. Seriously. I mean, there are going to be 90 points probably scored in this game. Yeah, total 75 and a half, 76, whatever it stands right now. But, um, you know, it's been four games in a row for Washington where they've just inched out or eked out victories. And I think that does – and the fact they can't run and they can't stop the pass, that's a recipe for a little bit of a disaster here. And uh, so, yeah, I took the points with USC. And, again, I'm – it really stinks that I got to do this because I do have that ticket on Washington to win the national championship that I got before the season. And one thing about the Pac-12 that we know, TC, it cannibalizes itself. It's, and this would be one of those games where it does cannibalize itself. There's two teams with a chance to get to the playoffs out of this conference, Oregon and Washington. And I think Washington's, unfortunately for me, might end tomorrow night. Wow. I or mean, Saturday you, night. You talk about a, a, a guy who's got a future ticket on Washington, and like you said, cannibalize itself. I mean, they, they've never been there, Scott. They've never been there. You went on a limb on that, and I understand that's why it's 20 to 1, but that that's out there, man. Yeah, I'm really bummed that, you know, Penix doesn't have his full targets to throw to, you know, the last couple of weeks and in this game. And uh, one of their top wide receivers is still out. So uh, that bums me out a little bit. I think that's held their, their offense back a little bit. And, again, it's just, boy, this just looks like a tough spot. I mean, Kansas is in the toughest spot of them all this week, whether they win or lose off the big win against Oklahoma where they celebrated on the field with their fans like they won the national title, as they should have uh, celebrated. But, boy, are they in a tough spot going on the road to Ames, Iowa. But I, I think next up would be Washington in this game in a tough spot, scary spot against USC. All right. He is uh, Scott Spritzer. All right, so Numchuck uh, has a little uh, outro song for you here. And uh, he, he's offering – how much are you offering, Scott? $1,000 if he can name the artist? Is that what, okay? Thousand dollars, Scott. <laughs> if you can name the artist, uh, and uh, you know maybe Numchuck, uh, he doesn't have a thousand dollars. He's gonna have to pay you in monster drinks or, or food. But I'll uh, take it. but 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 here you go, Scott. Here you go. Time for you to play. Name that artist. And, and, and check out the words here. Baby got a tight. Gotta grab some afternoon. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say it's uh, Black Flag. <laughs> oh, you went <laughs> Black Flag. <laughs> I think you've actually heard of this group, actually. But this is the modern version of Afternoon Delight from the 1973 version. One more guest, Scott? Uh, oh, that threw me off. The girl voice. Yeah. Uh, social distortion. Uh, not, not, no. a, not a bad guess, though, right? Close. Do you want, do you want the... Scott, here it is. This is a, a term you are very familiar with. This is the Circle Jerks. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I do know. I do know about the Circle Jerks, the band. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify the band. <laughs> All right, brother. Wow, I didn't know they did a remake of this. Neither did I. <laughs> but leave it to the astute numchuck, our, our, our DJ on the wheels of steel there. Gotta Jeez. love it. Unbelievable. I'll All still right. take the debtor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can arrange that, no doubt. All right, brother. Be cool, man. And we'll uh, talk to you. And good luck uh, this weekend. Take care, guys. Have a good one. My man, Scott Spritzer. There it is. DocSports.com. Go there. Subscribe to Scott's Plays. NFL, college football. It's all there for you. Hockey, NBA college basketball right around the corner too alright you want to go to Slice of Vegas F-R-E-E all you can eat all you can drink the Raider indoor tailgate party uh, we will take I'm going to take the next four callers right now at 702-221-7283 that is 702-221-7283 you're going to Slice of Vegas a Raider indoor tailgate party watch the morning games there all you can eat with the pizza, the pasta, the tacos, uh, the chicken uh, tenders, the wings. It's fantastic food uh, by Slice and Who Songs inside the Mandalay Bay shops at um, at the uh, at the Mandalay Bay. There, you gotta love it. It's great. So watch the games. Get ready for the Raiders taking on the Giants at one o'clock. Slice of Vegas, 702-221-7283. You're eating and drinking for free. All right, let me put some water on your balls. More from the master debater. The doctor, T.C. Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. Tomorrow back at the Westgate, inside the world-famous Superbook, we got our best bets. Of course, here, get Scott Spritz with Marco D'Angelo, along with... Jay Cornegay, myself. Yep, 2 to 4 p.m. tomorrow. Do you remember? Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. And also, don't forget, Sunday, like we've been saying, Slice of Vegas, a Raider indoor tailgate party. No better place to be. You can watch all the morning games as you get ready to walk across that Hacienda Bridge over to Elysian Stadium on Sunday. Kick off a little after 1 o'clock, so come watch the game. Stuff your face with as much pizza, wings, chicken tenders, tacos, taquitos, nachos. Yes. Food courtesy of our good friends of Slice of Vegas and Who Songs, all there for you. Normally $35, all you can eat. And you got all the games on leading up uh, to the action for the Raiders and the Giants coming up on Sunday afternoon. But 10 o'clock it starts. But you can go for free today. For free, you can go. Get your face in the place and stuff your face. Absolutely. 702-221-7283. And uh, we will take the, say, the next three callers. And you'll be in like Flint at Slice of Vegas. Speaking of which, let's talk to our good friend, the proprietor himself. I don't know. He's usually napping at this time. So we'll have to see if, well, how much you want to bet we're going to be waking this guy up again. I'm Chuck. I mean, I don't know. This guy is up all night. The one and only Scott Frost. Let's see. Frosty, are you there, Frosty? Uh, Wake up, you ham and egger. Let's go, baby. Uh, it's time to hit the court. Uh, uh. Are you kidding me? Come is on. It Thursday again? It's Thursday. Is it? This is your time slot. Raider Homegate. Did uh, you forget about us? Come on, man. I was I was up all last night, dude. 
Um, <laughs> do I even want to hear what you were doing? I, I don't know night? if I told you. I don't. I don't know if I told you this. Um, I joined twenty-seven fantasy leagues, <laughs> and uh, this uh, this bye week is killing me. <laughs> what about twenty-seven dresses? Do you have twenty-seven dresses? Yeah. I heard of that movie. No. Yeah, the twenty-seven. Twenty-seven is too much. You can't do it. You just can't. It's impossible. What do you? You just can't say anyway. no to people. Is that the deal? Is that why are you in twenty-seven uh, leagues? No, it's even it's even dumber than that. I fell asleep with my iPad on my chest, and I just kept entering leagues all night long and didn't even know it. And I woke up before the season started and lo and behold, I was in all these leagues. So I said, Oh, I'll give it a shot, but it, it's, it's tough. <laughs> hey, now, now, Scott, I, I hope you, uh, I'm always so tired on Thursdays. I'm up all Wednesday. I got to deal with injuries and bye weeks now. Oh, I'm up all night. I, I think, you know, we were earlier in the show, we were talking, I don't know if you're listening, maybe, maybe uh, hopefully you're not affected by this, okay? But you know what happens when you have that laptop and you fall asleep and that laptop is on your lap? You understand what happens there, right? Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> you join 27 leagues is what happens. That's what happens to me. Gee. Unbelievable. All right, no, I, uh, we got to go to our on-the-spot reporter, our medical journalist, that is Numchuck. Numchuck, what, what do you have? You have more breaking news for us? No, I was just going to tell Scott what that does. Oh, no. Oh, no. Scott will never oh, tell Oh, yeah. Me. Tell me, please. please. I, was, I was sleeping, so I didn't hear. Tell me. That lowers your sperm count, sir. Ah, dude, I have two wonderful offspring. If anything, that makes my life a lot easier. That makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm a grandpa now. I'm not sweating that stuff. Gee, Scott, I hope you're not, God. hope you're not serving Mountain Dew over there because they said that Mountain Dew also causes that. Did you ever hear that story? Oh, well, that might have been well, that might have been a problem back in my twenties. Yeah. Maybe that was it. That was it. What? I don't do I don't do the do so much, and I apologize. No, you shouldn't do the do. We do. I'm not doing the do. I don't do the do I, either. I like to do the do <laughs> if you get my drift, but I'm not doing the do. And who came up with the red right. do? Who came up with the red do? They're doing the do. There's so many different do colors. Do ours are? Is there really? Yeah, there's a red. There's an orange. There's a blue. There's a blue do? Oh, flywire. Yeah, they're, they're all. I know. I, yeah, a blue do. I know. Uh, my 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 uh, my daughter. My daughter's allergic to red dye, and we found that out because she tried drinking a red Mountain Dew, and it hopped her up like she was. Uh, <laughs> she was. She was uh, partaking in the in the Vegas go go juice. If you know what I mean? So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There it, it is. Was, uh, not fun. Thanks. Not fun. Thanks, thanks so, for that. Thanks I, for that update. So uh, be sure, uh, yeah, a slice of Vegas or whose song is not serving the the red, purple, or blue doo doo. No, good. no, don't. Good. We, we we will not lower sperm counts. We'll just give you good food, ice cold beer, good strong drinks, and thirty five bucks. You can't shake a stick at it. You can't oh, try. Bro, I'm low key faded, bro. Yeah, there it is. Ezekiel Elliott. He likes that. <laughs> So the Chuck might be able to shake a Chuck can shake a stick at anything. I don't know. He can. This is true. All right. you, have to, you have to talk to his wife. But anyway, uh, I don't know. Whoa! Don't know. I'll just leave that there, Mister Monster. There, this guy. This guy is a walking monster drink. He's the only guy I know that brings a cooler of Monster to work with him every day. And there's another one. He just popped another one. Unbelievable. 
Jeez. Oh, man. That's crazy. All right. Well, God, lots happened. Lots happened since we last talked. I know, man. I mean, you got you got some extra bling. Did you tell everyone about the bling that's coming your way? Well, you know, it's, it, I don't like to do that, Scott. You know, I mean, people know oh, it's coming. This guy, and, you know, it's coming. We, we know it's coming. Yeah, trying to be humble, man. TC, TC, total comp. <laughs> he's getting he's getting free bling. More free bling, more bling, brother. Yeah, more bling. A guy can hardly wait for that. And then uh, the 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 boss man decides to. Uh, to to make some coaching changes uh, in, in the building, make the personnel change. What do you yeah, think, that's man? A, that's a big one. What do you think about well, it? Well, as 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 a boss, you, you know they fire fast, hire slow. Uh, you don't you don't wait around for things to get to, things to get worse. And that Monday night football game was that was that was worse, man. Uh, that was man. Someone 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 should check with Devontae Adams if he's doing the do because geez, like <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo or something. I don't I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. So um, I com- uh, I commend Mark, man. I, I like the move where it is now because like you said, it just now it gives him time to really kind of you know just try to revive this team a little bit and now he can take his time and finding uh the head coach that can be a leader of men here he can take his time no rush here and uh you know he can he can look around and then see who comes available come january and february as well too but uh yeah you need a new voice uh but you needed someone that could could uh you know call better plays because what josh mcdaniels was doing was just downright uh, uh, atrocious so I I applaud Mark Davis, man, for not standing pat for making a move sooner than later. And the last interim coach did pretty good. Yeah, very good. I remember he, he won a he won a playoff game. Yeah. So he got him to the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. And right now it's a race to the bottom with the Broncos. Mm. You know, like geez. It's it's we'll see. It, it's ugly. We shall see. So let's talk about the uh, indoor tailgate party. Uh, you guys have been rolling along here. It's been a while since we've had a home game uh, at Allegiant Stadium, so we've got a couple in a row here. So uh, tell us what's going going on here, man, because uh, I know that our our fans and our listeners loved uh, coming and, and hanging out there. But uh, the food, tremendous. Uh, watching the games, tremendous. And we're finally getting that uh, that that one o'clock game now. So you get to watch the morning yeah. games. Finally, finally. So, you know, we have, we have a nice big room in the back of slides called the Grand Marquee Room. We got 2,500 square feet. We throw down some turf. We put up all kinds of games. And then we put out a spread that'll make your, uh, your, your grandma jealous. It's an incredible spread. We got both, both food from Husong's Cantina, which is uh, our restaurant as well. We got all the food from Slice. So you've got build your own taco bar, build your own nacho bar. You've got all kinds of pizzas to choose from. You've got pastas and salads, and not that any of them is going to be eating salads at tailgate, but we got it. Chicken wings. We got chicken wings. We got. I mean, you get to stuff your face for thirty-five bucks. Mm. I mean, I don't. I look on the strip. That'd be normally one hundred and thirty-five (laughs) dollars. And before a football game, you can get your grub on. We got drink specials. You get your own private bar back here. You got your own private TVs. We have all the games on. You can play games. Everyone's invited. We'd love to throw a good party here at Slice of Vegas. And you guys do a fantastic job of that. The party is definitely on for the Raider tailgate party. And we know that the uh, the party has always been on after Aces games as well. That is uh, whether an opponent misses two free throws or not. But uh, it's always a great uh, you know post game atmosphere. And I love what you're doing with the Raiders for the pregame stuff as well, my friend. That is uh, that is 
fantastic. Yeah. And again, like you said, uh, and again, you have the, the, the NFL package there as well. So, I mean, you can, uh, you know, you can get all the games on right there on Sunday morning. Yep. Yep. And we're, we're open at, uh, 930. So come by, see us early. And it's a, it's a 12 minute walk. That's Twelve it. minutes. Part, part, part. You can leave our front door and be walking up to the ticket ticket counter at uh, the Raider Stadium in twelve minutes. And we so should have a nice day on Sunday too. That's a nice little walk. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. It'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah. The taco bar, oh, yeah, outstanding. Uh, All of it's good. All of it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun fact. Uh, with the the aces, you know how many slices of pizza we gave away this year. Oh man, what is the we official got, count? Hold on, let me guess. I gotta well, guess. Yeah, over under. Over under. Gotta, 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 over gotta under. Guess. Okay, I'm gonna set the over we'll under here at uh, slices of pizza they gave away. So let's see. Um, okay, I've got. I got. I got to do this here. Let's see. Bah, bah, bah. I want to be. Yeah. Wanna, okay. Numchuck's gonna give it. Give us a. Give us one too. I am gonna say without without going over. Ooh, oh, go, the, guy, oh. the person who's closest without going over gets gets uh, open bar tab at that slice. Open for, bar for tab? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Num- okay, Numchuck, your guess first. Go. Numchuck, twenty six hundred. You're gonna say twenty six hundred. That's twenty six hundred. The whole season. Okay. The whole season. All right. Twenty six hundred. Okay. I'm going to go. Nineteen hundred and seventy-six. <laughs> you guys are way off. Right. All right, uh, Chuck, you are the big winner. We gave away thirteen thousand seven hundred eighty-eight slices. Thirteen thousand. See, I'm trying to do the math here, Scott, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking that you're doing like around twelve hundred a game. That's what I'm thinking. Like you're doing twelve hundred slices yeah. a game. That's how many times. Competitors miss because they're choking because you got ten thousand people and, screaming their heads off. And, and see, and, and I'm because there's twenty home games, so I'm thinking maybe it happened about uh, about you know ten or twelve times. That's where I was going. Right. With. So I took the under yeah. a little bit there. Wow. Look yeah, but it's eight. It's eight slices to a pizza. We did a, we did hundred and seventy six pizzas in one in one game. Unbelievable. Yeah. You you yeah. just love giving away free food, man. What I mean, you I just, look at you. Man, yeah, I mean, you're like the Santa Claus of all Santa Clauses. I am. We're heading into the, we're heading into Christmas. I you love know? it. Who knows? What I don't know what other crazy stuff we're gonna Give me that hey, give, I don't me, know. give me that number again. I got I gotta use this now. What is it? Thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand seven hundred and eighty eight. I mean, how how do you get it down to the to the exact like that? Thirteen seven eighty eight. Wow! Well, we got good good tracking here. Yeah, I also number of pizza number of pizza times eight. Yeah, there you go. Wow! So wow, that is that is fantastic. I, good thing you haven't you haven't counted the mozzarella sticks that I've eaten at your place. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I lo- love yeah. So so Chuck, you did you didn't go over. You were closer. So now Chuck, you 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 tell me when you come down, and and I'll open the bar for you. You get to bring some friends. That's well, a that's a mistake. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, so here, I, I, 
I love to create happy little mistakes, just like Bob Ross. <laughs> he does. He does. Now, 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 here's the thing, though. I've been trying to get this guy. I invited him to come watch the games with me last week. I had all free food and drink for him. And, again, this guy works around the clock. You know, sometimes he can't get the hall pass, if you know what I mean, Scott. You know how that works at the yeah. house? He yeah. can't do it. So, I don't know. I think what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to gift that to, his, to the host. I think it's a gift. It's a gifter. Is that happening, Nubchuck? What is your major malfunction, Nubnuts? <laughs> Back to the nuts with you again. What nope. is it with you and the nuts? Jeez. All right, there it is. Total comp. Total, Total comp. comp. TC. That's TC. it. TC living up to his name. That's, that's it, brother. Oh, man. This is how we roll here. Nubchuck, I mean, Frosty, look what Frosty's doing for you. I now. know. Man, what's your birthday? October. We just, had, we we just, just had, had it. Just had your birthday. So yeah. I was going to say, that'd be a nice little birthday present. You could go in there and, and you know, take the couple friends that you got. You know? There you go. Thanks. You know? Your masseuses. You know? You, you, could, you could bring them in there with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you got to take care of the people that are taking care of your nuts. <laughs> there it is, folks. You got to love it. You gotta love it. All right, my man. We'll see you here, Chuck. All right, we'll, we'll we'll make sure that he's dialed in, Scott. All right, uh, have a great time on Sunday, my friend. Okay, uh, fire we up those pizzas. See all your friends here. You, all right, we look forward to it. The guy who just loves to make people happy, the one and only Scott Frost. Appreciate you, brother. Take care, guys. There it is. Oh, slice of Vegas. All right, you want to go? Hit us. The guy. That's it. We're giving away free food and free drinks. Hit us right now. Seven zero two. 221-7283-1-702-221-7283. All you can eat, all you can drink. It's going to be free. Part of the T.C. Martin Show extravaganza. All right? You get to go for free. All you can eat, all you can drink. And it's beer, it's wine, well drinks, soft drinks. Uh, you can go and check it all out on Sunday. Raiders and Giants. Doors open at 930 Watch the morning game starting at 10. Walk over to Allegiant Stadium. Or if you're not going to the Raiders game, you can still go. You can still win, get in, and you can watch the afternoon games there as well, too. Love that. All right. I want to thank Scott Frost for all he does. Slice of Vegas, our great friends there, and also Who Songs as well. Appreciate Scott Sprites for joining us and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN talking all Raiders. Great stuff. That interview will be up on the website after the show. So check all that out and go to the website. All right. Updated. It's all there for you. Check out the article regarding the Raiders. All the interviews up there under the classic interview page. The current interviews all updated, all there. Go in and check out some of the great classic guests that we have. All right, for Numbcheck TC saying so long. Tomorrow we're at the Westgate. Come on by, see the show live 2 to 4 p.m. Yes, best bets and more coming your way tomorrow.